Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Optimize My Life show on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Ron Clayton. The show is brought to you called Optimize Your Life is brought to you by the Hope Collection and the Golden Rule Society, who sponsors these calls on 15 different platforms. We mainly come off blog, but we're also around the world, about 93 countries. And as your host today on uh, Travel Tuesday, I want to welcome everyone who may already be signed in or be coming on, and we're looking forward to sharing a lively conversation with you today. And understand this, we have a forum every Tuesday where we talk about how the travel industry, number one, uh, makes an influence and makes things greater and better life for people. And we have a significant tool that someone can choose to take advantage of as an opportunity to fill in a financial gap that you might have in your life or a career gap or you want some protection from your source of income or you need a source. That's available through our not only our connections and our links, but the very issue that we talk about travel, and it's actually, I think, a pretty scriptural uh, organization idea that we can help and change lives. You know, in today's world, as you know, there's been significant, significant changes in the operation of how we create incomes to support our lives. And sometimes in just doing that, it's such a struggle and even if you have it, it's a struggle to keep it. So the next issue is, well, how do you make life better? And if you can't make it better doing what you're doing, well, why don't you take a look at alternatives? This is America. And in America, you have the free will, free opportunity to take and make changes. And so you are obviously supporting your life and lifestyle. We'd like to encourage you to do that, and we want you to know that we're here to help you accomplish that. So I will have another friend who will be joining us any moment who is an incredible leader in the travel world and also has a ministry that I'm very proud of called Marketplace Ministries, and he runs that organization of people that get together. We, we are community, and I like to say that we have unity in what we're doing, and in unity we gain power. You know, I heard a story one time about why all the movies – when you're watching the old-time war movies, they have the troops marching. You don't see it so well. 
you don't see it as much anymore, but uh, the, the troops used to march. But when they approached the bridge, what they did is they told them to stop, break cadence. That means that they are not marching in line in step. And the reason they do that is because there's power in the multiplicity of the feet and pounding on the ground. You literally can bring a bridge down. So we want to put people together in the motion and in the uh, mission of trying to help people, and that's what we do. Uh, that's our motto. Our motto is helping others by helping them help others. And so if you have a vision in your life or you'd like to have fulfill a vision that you've had from the past of accomplishing something and you need a way to get her done, well, I, right now I'm going to introduce you to somebody who knows how to do that, who has shown hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people a way to do that. And the tools he used are what I would tell you of total integrity, have something you can rely and trust in, and that are exciting. You know, I went to work in a company that was miserable. I was the boss I, I had more than a dislike for. He was contrary to everything I was in my life. He didn't, I wasn't that he just didn't go to church. His lifestyle was just an anathema to me. I would never live the lifestyle he did, but I worked for him. So when he planned things around the company, they were not things that I would choose to do. Another time, I remember we had a company program uh, convention together for all the members of the company. And uh, we had to, on Sunday, they planned a sex uh, seminar for everybody had to go to. It was mandatory to learn how to not misuse people. Well, I was speaking, I'm a Gideon, I was speaking in a church that Sunday, and I wasn't going to go. And I went to the boss, I told him, well, look, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. They weren't happy about it. Now, what really made me mad, it turned out the night before this event that I really had to go to, they went up north to Canada to the strip joints. Now, they're up there to not be learn on Sunday how to be abusive. I'm in a church talking about how to have um, faith and serve your life. And I, I, got, I got really ostracized, and I got put out of the meeting. And uh, after that, my life at that company wasn't real good for a long time because I was involved with people that on my own choice, other than a paycheck that I needed, I would never have made. So today what we're going to offer you is a world-class opportunity to have programs available to you that are full of integrity, full of good stuff. And, you know, my partner in making this happen, we call ourselves the partners in crime here, um, Rick Reese and his wife Brenda are great friends of ours. And he's helped me with my spiritual life, my walk in this world. And I know that I walk in the light of what the Lord will want me to do because he helped me identify that. Rick, welcome to the show today. Ron, it's so good to be on the show. I've got one question for you. Yes. As, a, as a fellow Gideon, and you know our our life as a Gideon, that you, when you spoke at the church on Sunday, that you go over 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you know, you know the answer to that question. When they, they used to test, we had to pass a test to be qualified, and I always oh qualified. My gosh. But I assure you, um, I was I went to church one time and I finished 
I finished talking, Rick, at the, the congregation. I finished my presentation. And when I got done, the pastor looked at me and said, keep going. Don't stop now. You're on, you're on a fast track here. Come on. You're on a winning track. Keep going, man. They want to hear what you got to say. So I ended up preaching the whole, the rest of the whole service. I was not prepared. And I said, oh, I was prepared. God is prepared. <laughs> but I didn't well, think you, I was you prepared. You were prepared because you had testimonies. A lot of people yeah. don't realize, and uh, as Gideons, you know, we, we basically are men of the Bible, and, uh, and we work on behalf of the churches. You know, to be a Gideon, you have to be basically nominated from your church, and that's the only way you can really become a Gideon and because uh, you're actually working for the church and raising money to buy Bibles on behalf of the church that we can put in the mainstream areas in life. You know, so we put them in the hospitals and the hotels and all those major areas. And, um, and so in doing that, we have testimonies, you know, of people who maybe have gone into a hotel to commit suicide or do whatever, and uh, they open up the drawer and they see a Gideon Bible. And they, re- whatever reason, per- repent of their ways where they don't follow through with whatever, whatever they were going to do. And so we compile all of these testimonies of things that have happened based on just the power of the word of God, you know, in the States and internationally. And so when we go and we speak at the different churches, one of the things that is hammered, it's like the taboo of all taboos. <laughs> Keep your speech to 10 minutes. <clears throat> Do not go over 10 minutes. But then what happens a lot of times when it gets pretty good, and uh, and usually it will catch us unawares, and uh, you go into the church and it's going really good, and you're like, you know, I I am not going over 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden they say, keep going. (laughs) I went to a church one time and said, the pastor says, well, Rick, you know, or the assistant pastor said, well, the pastor is not going to be able to make it. So, you got the whole service. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay, okay. But you've got the testimonies. And the and you know what, yeah. Ryan, and I know you know this because you've experienced it, the power of the Holy Spirit to take over and to overshadow you and to give you the words to say and the spirit to say it in. That was really, I know for me, that was my first time in in surrendering myself to the Holy Spirit and my tongue to the Holy Spirit. I mean, to actually experience that, you know, what a pastor kind of feels, you know, when the Holy Spirit kind of speaks through you to get a message out to the people. That was actually really the first time I actually experienced that. And, of course, that carried over into business and into life. Well, uh, you should be commended, and you are, and you're blessed, and you're blessing others. That's what we truly are. By the way, for anybody that might be new on the show today, I want to welcome you. Uh, the show was, created, was sponsored by the Hope Collection and the uh, Golden Rule Society, Len Kane. Those are two 501c3 organizations that do nothing but support helping people in their faith and their walk and the avenues of life that they need support in. 
Our theme is helping others by helping them help others. So we're always on track to making sure that what we're doing is reaching out. And uh, it's a lifestyle, fun and touching lives. And I can't tell you how many times, conversation after conversation, it comes to life that people realize what we're doing is making a difference. And um, I'm so proud when I met Rick Reese. I was introduced by a third party, a friend, without question, but we didn't know each other. And so what happened is we got an opportunity to understand each other and about each other. And it turned out that I have been looking for a way. I had already promised my wife I'd take her around the world traveling. And we go back to England. Well, the first time I promised her that was I used that to tell her so she'd marry me because she was going to go with some other girlfriends. I said, well, don't go with them. You'll never see them again. Marry me and I'll take you. Now, I'm a man of my word. It only took me 10 years to accomplish that goal. But I did it. We did it. And now we're going back because of what we're doing in the travel business today. And Rick Reese, you're, you and Brenda's influence on us and your willingness to share with us and then connect us. See, it's like if you've got a, I don't care if it's a power tool or a kitchen mixer or, you know, a light in your living room, if you're not plugged in, you ain't got the power. You can't get it done. So what we're all about is getting the power. And uh, on a daily basis, we are so privileged to be able to have this tool called Blog Talk Radio, and our show is called Internet Optimize Your Life. We have this that was put together so we could be here today with everybody who's listening in. They could join us, and we can share ideas, testimonies in many cases, that we can show you the way. And, Rick, I don't, as we share about the travel industry, I turn to you because what you did for Linda and I, we had had a dream, a lifelong dream. We met in, I don't know, somewhere around 70. We were going, I got asked her to marry me right away, by the way, because I wanted to let her get away. She, I knew I had a good one. And, of course, she thought the same thing about me. <clears throat> but uh, I married up. And, um, uh, well, we didn't, it took us years to get married, Four to 1974, we finally married. And then we went, uh, after being married 10 years, we uh, fulfilled that promise. We got away to go to England, and we were there for three weeks. And we just got in a car and drove off the sidewalk, guys. And it was an experience. Well, can you imagine going to overseas, foreign country, without a credit card? Well, we did. <laughs> And we managed, we had some money money orders, whatever they called them back then. And uh, mistake, we didn't know we had American Express. Well, the, country, the world wasn't real excited about America back then. We had Barclays, you were in good shape. We had American Express. So on every $100 we lost, besides exchange, we lost another 20 bucks to just exchange our money. So we, we were on tight threads. But we had the time of our life. We still talk about it. And uh, I found out the place we stayed at, Rick, the Barrow Roddenborough in Gloucester, England. And that's where that's where Bath and that's where Cotswolds, that's where William Shakespeare's from. And uh, we looked, I looked the other day on the hotel we stayed at. It's called the Barrow Roddenborough, over 200 years old. And then when you walk in the lobby, there's a huge bear. We're reaching out at you, and these claws are about three inches long. And but it's, it's just think of the ambiance of being in a two hundred year old inn, and be there at Christmas time. And they have 
the whole week they have celebrations and they go Christmas caroling and they plan parties and you go meet people in the village and you go, well, look, I'm looking at that again. I might be able to take advantage of our, you know, we have to suffer because we own a travel agency. We get a week's paid vacation stay every every year. And we got four of them stacked up now because we've been business for a bit. But we got four, so I'm thinking maybe we can use this to go to the Bear Rottenborough and stay there for the week during Christmas. That would be something next year. We're thoroughly thinking about that. What a dream come true, though, to go there and learn about uh, just the things that we learned in the museums we went to and the history of England and uh, the history of the Vikings and the Romans and all that good stuff. Rick, it was just a dream come true because we had been looking at brochures for 10 years we were married and didn't know how we were going to get there. I know I was going to do it because that was a promise I made. You know, I wasn't going to renege on that one to her. Well, we made it happen. That was good. You made a good promise and you kept it. Well, that's because, Rick, you gave me a tool to do it. If I didn't have a tool, I never would have been able to make it happen. So, Ron, I am right now... Looking, as you was talking, I went online, raising the Internet, to the bear of Rod Barrow, and I'm looking at that bear that you were talking about, <laughs> with three-inch claws, and holding the little basket. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> that, you know, they can yeah. sit, in, you know, in its arms. And I'm looking at the hotel, and I can see what you're saying, 200 years old, you know, the exterior, but the interior is just fabulous. And the food yeah, that they serve in the outdoor court. Cool thing. And the grizzly bar. <laughs> <laughs> And the well, surrounding area, and, uh, it's and how real. they renovated, huh? It's real, Rick. It's, it's, it's real. real, and it's still in business. Do you realize we it's went there in, in 1985? Business. That's a couple wow. years. And yeah, now the idea, ago. the idea to go back again and re-experience. And because when we were there, it was October, and there were still rose bushes that were flowering, and it was just magical. Um, we went to um, where Shakespeare was born. Uh, we went to the bath, the uh, Roman um, springs, hot bed, hot tubs. Um, that was that's real ancient, and the history that you learn about. And do you know that? Um, uh, Oh boy! I just the England was founded and discovered by the Vikings, and they settled there. And there's a museum called the Jorvik Center. South York does that sound familiar to you? New York is named after the Jorvik. That's the Swedish or the um, uh, Norwegian section of influence that came into our country. Well, they had a museum. They did a dig in 200 feet down. And there was a museum completely encased in peace, so it was preserved as a fishing village. And they recreated it with statues, and they had sounds and smells, because they took us on this ride. Disney created it. You go on this ride, you drive by it, and you go through the village. 
and there's the people in the cackling and speaking what they thought the sound speech wanted me like. And then we went back by the latrines, like I said, the smells, and by the fishing village, the boats coming in, the fishermen, and it smelled like fish. But it was just a replica of the whole thing, and this was a museum we went to. We went to the British Museum and when we were in London, and uh, we went and we got there at 9 o'clock when it opened, and all night we were back by the Egyptian mummies in the Egyptian room and all the things from the, the pyramids and everything that England had, and the lights go out. It was 9 o'clock. They were closing. Well, they just shut the lights. They didn't, you know, like, uh, the museum will close in 10 minutes. Please come to the entrance. They just shut the lights right. off. Rick, <laughs> it was scary. We were, it was scary oh getting our way gosh. back. I mean, there were enough night lights and stuff to get our way back. But, you know, that experience is alive today as it was then. And um, wow. anybody can experience this. I, it's not, I don't even care on that. But we love history, and so that really fit our our Linda was studying, and she had English lit as a specialty in school besides business courses. So it really made sense for us to go to England. And um, we went to a – you know what a farthing table is? Have you ever gone to a hey, smorgasbord? Farthing, yeah. F-A-R-T-H-A-R-I-N-G. Farthing table is like the smorgasbord. And so we went there, we were in October, and they had all this food, and they had a turkey. Now, you and I think of a turkey, you think of a nice brown, you know, roasted with the skin crispy and everything, and on a platter with parsley all around it. Well, their turkey at the farthing was on a platter, but you know what they did is they just peeled, the feathers were still on the turkey. They cooked it with the turkey, the feathers on it, and they just peeled it back. I get, <laughs> it was, that was uh, new for us And I got to tell you We never did get fish and chips Because every time we went by a fish and chip store To me they, It sounds like the, it smelled like grease was rancid It just did not smell good So we never had a fish, um, chip and, uh, fish and chips Now at every restaurant we went to While we were in England They had fish um, Oh what did they call them Oh good the name was so funny man. Um, I'll remember, but peas and french fries every single dinner. Uh, we got oh, to pick yeah, them So, chips and peas, chips peas. and peas. Oh, chips God. And peas. I, you know, I, I don't, not find them, but they were I didn't frozen. Eat the peas. I didn't I eat the, the peas. Chips. Yeah. But um, we did have. Um, um, we we did have a real good food the rest of the time we were over there. But uh, by the way, we went to Wimpy's. We, we went to McDonald's, and they charged us thirty five cents for ketchup packs. We went to Wimpy's, and oh I don't know God. what they they were Wimpy burgers. They're supposed to be beef burgers. I don't know what we ate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't recommend. I gladly gave you a hammer for a dollar today. Hey, remember Wimpy and the Popeye cartoons? cartoons. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. So many, so many things that come out because you and Brenda reached out your hand. And you didn't even know us. I mean, you knew through Joel who we were. And then we talked. You exploded and you said, well, the you know, dream, Ryan. though. You had the vision that exploded the dream. And see, and that's a that's a really key point. Don't hold on to that which you have, you know, because someone is waiting 
on the other side of you offering it to them to uh, because it's the trigger that explodes their dream. It's that one key piece that they have been searching and looking for. Yeah, they may not even know that they were searching and looking for it. But once you give it to them, then they just take it from there. And so you guys had the dream, you had the vision, and uh, and this just happened to be a tool. You know, one person removed, Joel Griffin, God rest his soul. You know, he connected us together. And so there may be a couple of people, even more people, in between that. But the most important thing is to, to harbor the vision and the dream. You know, people, without a vision, people perish. And so we know why, you know, because they don't go anywhere. There's no movement in their life. The vision is what causes movement. And, um, and then you find the tool in that movement to take you to your next step, to your next step, to your next So you guys, you had the vision. And so as you were talking, of course, I'm going through and I'm just listening, and I'm at the computer, so I'm looking, and I'm looking at the bear with, like you said, with the with the three inch claws, and the huge fangs that's in the lobby, <laughs> and I'm looking at the hotel, and I'm looking at how they just renovated it. I'm I'm sure even since '85, you know, the renovations. Can you imagine? And the renovations I'm looking at here, it's just amazing. They've got the outer shell. But they have done some fantastic work on the inside, in the dining room. And uh, and you're just reminding me of, of Brenda and I trip, you know, when we went to England and the fish and chips and hold the peas. <laughs> please, <laughs> please hold the peas. And, uh, you know, I don't know how they prepare the peas, but the fish was good. And I'm sure had we been back to the kitchen, I probably would have made the same conclusion as you. I don't know about this grease. (laughs) (laughs) Because it did say it did kind of taste used, but we were just happy to get fish and chips in England. And uh, you know, but you have the vision. Can I share something that happened to me the other day? Um Mm -hmm. Um, I got a call from a guy, and I I know him. I've known him for a while. And I said, um, I want to go to New York City to watch the ball drop. And I said, well, have you do you know any details about going and watching the ball drop? Well, he says, well, I watch it on TV. And I said, well, uh, I can, first of all, I care about this person. So I said, I'm not sure. I personally, after I went with all done, I said to him, I, I personally – if you want to go there, fine, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna book it for you because I don't feel safe that you'd be safe there right now. It's not something I would recommend. There's a lot of nasty stuff going on, and so to stand in the cold because you don't have any place to go in New York City except stand below. Now, if you're in a hotel and you're paying three thousand dollars for the be at the hotel and the party. Yeah, you can go out on the deck and watch the ball drop right up there, but you're not in the street. You're in a warm hotel, and you won't go down the hall. You got your room, but that's going to cost you three grand or more. So that's not transportation to get there. So I said to him, I suggested, would you ever consider going to Las Vegas? I can get you a package. They don't. They do fireworks. They have a big hot air balloon, they rise up and they blur, blur, fire off fireworks. It's a celebration. 
I said, they're all over the place. I said, you know, if you go there, and I already looked this information up this second call. I said, you can stay at the hotel where they, you can walk in the lobby, and there's like a three-foot-long hunk of rock. No, it's a hunk of gold, solid gold. That's why they call it the Golden Nugget. It's on Freeman Street downtown, and when you walk out the front door of the hotel, there's a canopy with a live laser show, video, rock program, three blocks long, and you can go in there and have a – you can just be there for the whole time. And then you can get on a shuttle and go down to the balloon and that, that event. You can go over to New York, New York, the hotel there. Uh, you know, if you don't want to stay that way and have that experience, you can stay, stay at the Excalibur, and you can go watch – a knight in shining armor, and this is stuff that would appeal to him. So I looked it up. I said, you can have him go see, a, have a, a dinner and go to a, 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 a turn of the century um, jousting with the knights in shining armor and have a, a wonderful New Year's Eve weekend. And you can get on the plane where you live, get on there and one for a direct flight, and you can be back there. You can do the whole trip for six days for a 1000 bucks, including air. You know what? Yep. Guess what they're going to do? Him and his brother are going to do. They're going on. Go to Vegas. They're going on. Yeah. Now, see, it would have been easy just to sell them. Oh, yeah, I can get you tickets to go to the Kennedy Airport, and then you got to get tra- – I'll get you transportation. Got to pay for transportation to downtown. Where are you going to stay? Oh, you can stay anywhere. Okay, hotels are $400 a night. Uh, I can get you a deal, but they're still $400 a night. And, oh, on the night, you go downtown, you stay there, you spend – once you get locked in, you get your ticket, and you get inside the gates and the and the railing, and you stand there for six hours till midnight. If you get there, if you get a spot at six o'clock, and you wait till the ball drops, and you'll be freezing cold. There's no place to go. There's no restaurants. I said, I don't know if that's necessarily a great experience. Not on TV, it's great to watch it, but you know, to stand there and be there. How about you do this, and you can be a part of the experience, and you can have a nice hotel. He wants to gamble. He likes to do the slot machines. I said, well, you look out your door and go out your door and look over the balcony and you look right down at the casino. See, we can learn about those things so I could share that with him. I've never been to either of those hotels. I've driven by them, but I've never been to them. But I know enough about them that I can tell people. I learned that because we have a system of education that you can, whatever you want, learn about and then be able to recommend you get paid. <laughs> oh, I love it. And if it's a person that needs mobility, a mobility service, you've got the scoot around. Yep. You know, personal transportation solutions as a career opportunity. You know, some people are consumers and some people say, Hey, you know what? I want I want to own it. And you talk really good when you say when you when you explain to us about ownership, even beyond being just a consumer. It's okay to be a consumer. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a consumer. But at some point, you do you do want to own something. Well, if you want, I can share some more detail in that area if you'd like me to do that, Rick. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, being a history buff. Um, looking at the world and the history of the world and where societies have been in the past and where people were individuals. We kind of take it for granted because in America, we have incredible, incredible independent individual 
freedoms. Before the Magna Carta, which was uh, a changeover of recognition that people just aren't, they aren't serfs and slaves. Well, they still were. You either were royalty or you were a slave. And maybe a, you might own some property and that makes you, you get a little more. And because you own that, you get, if you own it, watch the words, you get a little better benefits. But you still weren't royalty, so you're still susceptible to a governance that isn't going to treat you first. You're like last or second. The serfs are last. Born, born dead, born poor, die to her. And so people, when the age of enlightenment came, they call it, that's when the Renaissance happened, the idea to explore and go to new worlds happened. And, you know, the people that gave up everything, well, they didn't have anything, but they gave it up, to get on a box called a ship and say, we're going to go across this water and we're going to end up someplace that's supposed to be really good. Well, it's like the Jewish people that had to go through wandering through the the wilderness for 40 years, and then finally the milk of land of milk and honey was ready for them. Well, that's sort of like what happened here. And uh, these pilgrims, they were called, they went on these ships and they prayed. They did something unique. They prayed before they went. They prayed while they were there going, and then they prayed on their knees the minute they landed at Port uh, Plymouth Rock. The one thing they did, and I swear it's the reason we're talking today, is they got, thank God, for the provision, protection to get here and to form a new country. And they didn't come here for a paycheck. They didn't come here for a medical plan. They didn't come here for a retirement program. They didn't come here for sick leave. They didn't come here for um, Social Security benefits. They came here to start a new life, to create a new world. And then evolved into a country that fought a revolution. And when they did that, they broke away from that royalty. And supposedly it's gone away, but, you know, we've evolved into some things that aren't so good today, where we have a government, I believe, I'm not getting political, but we have a government that's overstepping our freedoms. Well, the only way you can overcome what the government's doing is get free. Earn your income through something you own. What's the special thread through everything I'm talking is ownership. Because when you own something, you can create value and equity. You can't from something you rent. A job is a rent. You don't own it. You only have it as long as somebody else decides you can be there. doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are. You have people on your job. They don't do half of what you do, but they get paid sometimes more than you. And there's all the things, this and that, that people complain. The real answer is go start something and own it. And that's where you came into the picture for Linda and I. Because you said, Ron, I can offer you a position of ownership. It's not a position, it's a decision. See, you offered me the opportunity to make a decision that changed the course of our life. And we take Do pride. Do you think travel will ever go away? No, are you kidding? Because there's always someone trying to escape. What's that? Six years? Yeah, we've been in business six years. Do you think think the travel industry, do you think you're secure in the travel industry? Do you think it'll ever peter Mm -hmm. out and go away? Rick, even during COVID when we had governments, we had local and state and federal governments shut us down, we still traveled. We went to places and stayed in hotels. I (laughs) know! See, 
no government, no government can tell me how I can live. Oh, that's unless, so true. I'm at the we, unless I'm at, we still I'm travel controlled by God. See, you got you taught me the secret. The secret is you ownership. have the secret, my friend. <laughs> You know what? You know Hello. what, Ron? Go ahead. And Ron, Ron you know Ron. what? That's 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 the blessing of being uh, an American. Hey, Glenn. Hey, See, hey, it, hey. It, it would have been hey. a different story in a third world country, and you can't leave, and you're locked down. That's what people you you just cannot take that for granted. Back to you, Ron. Amen. That is so true. We well, did I'm not glad you stop. joined in today. Thank you. It's such I a know, joy to be able to hear We got to make reservations in Cancun. You know, we're going, we're going, you know, I'm going to get a surgery and I'm going to be laid up for a little bit and I got to recover. I thought the best place to recover, I'd do my medical recovery in Cancun. You think that, is that cool or what? <laughs> Medical recovery in Cancun. And by the way, you're working. You, we travel, well, but that's our job. Our well, job is to travel. Go, go ahead. Well, it is. We get Well, we get paid to do that. I'll never forget when we went on our first trip after you introduced us to Surge. We went on a trip, and it was a dream. I told you it was a dream for many years to go to Europe, and we took we went to England, and uh, when we got there, and we were there three weeks, and rented a car and did all kinds of good stuff, but you know, that would never have happened. It was a pipe dream, because I knew where England was at, I knew all, knew there were airlines, knew there were places, and there, were, there really weren't hotels, you had to stay in inns or bed and breakfast, um, except in the big cities. We learned that when we were over there. But, you know, that happened because you shared an opportunity with us. And I'd never been there. Hadn't traveled. I went to Canada. Well, we went to, we were going to go to England on a honeymoon. I ran out of money in Toronto. That's 90 miles away, by the way. So we drove to our honeymoon for three days. It rained. The only thing that was exciting was the how Stanley Cup was playing. Um, we stayed in a hotel that in 1934 was the number one hotel for Simcoe. And in 1974, when we got married, when we came out, the, came to the door to go into the place, a guy with a bag, brown paper bag and a bottle of rum in his back pocket walked out the door. We should have known better, but we were pretty stupid. I made reservations there by phone, unsigned, unseen. Today, I can find out what the toilets are like in a hotel. Now, uh, when we go to Cancun in March, I got to pick out what pillows we want to have on our bed. I mean, things have changed because you empowered us. You gave us the window to learn how to do these things. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I always say that, but you know, when I hear you say that, I always think you took the tool. I mean, because many people are offered, but only a few. Uh, receive and to take and apply. And so whenever you say that, I hear it, but I'm always thinking, yeah, I just kind of just peeped it out there. You snatched it 
Next thing I know, you're cruising in Europe. <laughs> Where did he go? He's eating all you can eat cream of wheat on uh, the Viking River cruise. <laughs> and Linda's feeding him grapes, and you got the flan, the fans going. <laughs> and, uh, Rick, when we got know, home, we enjoyed that trip going through Germany and France and Switzerland and uh, Amsterdam and going to Anne Frank's house. I mean, that history was just, that's bone chilling. To know what's, what's going on today, there, there were people, a whole society of people were being, um, well, the Holocaust happened during that time period in the 40s. And here we got to the history of where that incident happened, the history of uh, Anne Frank. It was a learning experience that I'll never, uh, I know for life to be able to share that and know how important it is for us to stand up for groups of people who are not just abused because someone says something to them. These people are literally being obliterated. And so we need to stand. And I, I'm going to say political, but we need to stand with our brothers and sisters who are chosen by God, God's people. And we need to support them. And that's important. So I think as we become free and independent, we can help more people to do that and be part of that solution. Um, when we got back from that first river cruise, Rick, we, we opened up our mailbox because what happened is we got over there and we stayed longer. We loved it so much. And um, so we got back a little later than we thought. So we had a check for 800 bucks in our mailbox. They paid wow. us to go on our first cruise. Our own cruise, they paid us. That's why I say we're working. You was working over there, checking out Anne Frank and on the Viking River cruise and all the things that you guys did and the nice little Christmas shops that you stopped into and the chocolate store that you stopped into. That was you working in the travel industry. We can't even convey that to people. They actually have to see that. You know, they have to see that. You know, this is an industry. In fact, I was looking at something today and uh, a presentation, and it was just talking about how the travel industry uh, will help the world recover from COVID. You know, it's the largest industry on the planet, travel is. Well, what we teach people to do, Rick, I, I see this in observation. When you get a dream to travel, I don't care if it's to go to Cleveland, Ohio. Now, maybe there's a lot of reasons people are from there, and there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, That's where Glenn's from. <laughs> well, you know what? That's Glenn used one to time, say. There a, well, there was a river that was on fire. The river leading to the to the port, the uh, port, the bay of in Cleveland was so polluted it burned, got on fire. <laughs> Now, wow. that's changed. It's called the Flats. And now it's, they set up this uh, entertainment center and complex. That's where the uh, World um, Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame is located in the Flats in, in Cleveland. So it's got some reason to exist and be there and a place to go. Well, you know, even if that's just where you want to go, and when you start thinking about it, you have to start putting in your mind, well, how am I going to get there? Am I taking a car? Am I taking a train? Am I flying over? Where am I going to stay when I'm there? When am I planning on eating? How much time am I going to go to the to the Hall of Fame? Or am I going to do this, this, and this, plan all these things? 
And when you do that, your mind changes from being a bitter, fisted, tight-fisted, hateful, unkind person to a person that is out to help other people so you can help yourself to go and accomplish your dream. See, you can't have both. You can't be that person with that kind of heart and that kind of tight-fisted living approach being a dreamer. Be thinking about helping and working with other people. You can't. There's a choice, this way or that way. And I'm not talking about being in the travel industry. I'm talking about just plain living. And so we have got the COVID did one thing. It shut down what? I think you said 93 million people got shut down. Was it COVID? Nine billion. Billion, yes. Nine so, billion people. Globally now the door the green, green lights on, and you can travel again. We're free to travel. And now they can travel now. again. And so, Ron, the entrepreneurs of the world will see an opportunity because every crisis creates an opportunity. And so, as was back in. In 1919, after the Spanish flu, where so many people died, you think about it, and Glenn had mentioned this before, the Roaring Twenties happened right after the Spanish flu back in 1919. So you had the Roaring Twenties. Millionaires were made during the Roaring Twenties. Fast forward to 2019, same thing. We had COVID, and we're now in the Roaring And that's what Glenn had mentioned before, that the Roaring Twenties are here again. Happy days are here again. But, you know, you have to be able to see it. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist. You know, we actually have the power to create that which we can see and to participate because we can see it. And so when we, we, you know, we just moved from Colorado to Charleston. What was nice is we saw the travel industry back in 2004 when we became part of the industry. We saw it for travel, but then I looked over my shoulder and saw that other people saw it as a business tool that would lead to freedom. And um, and that's when I went, wow, that's interesting. I thought this was just a fun tool. (laughs) And, uh, but then I said, let me go and see what these people are doing to use it as a business tool for freedom in creating residual income. Residual income doing something once that pays again and again and again and again. Being able to make commissions, you know, instead of working a job job. You know, you talked about value and that building value and equity. And so back in 2004, we saw that. And I left my job. You know, you could say prematurely, but on direction from the Lord in 2005. Brenda and I have not gone back to work work since 2005, and she was a real estate broker. She owned her own company. I was in IT. We left that world in 2005, and now we talk travel on Tuesday, but, you know, we've vetted many different businesses. We just happened to talk travel on Tuesday, but dove into travel in 2005, and uh, with my goal was, as a community builder, can I use this travel business to be freed up to do the things that give me joy, you know, that uh, give me purpose, give me focus in the community? 
and um, and I'm here to report that I that I that I have. Fast forward to this past July, we just moved from Colorado to Charleston. I'm not looking for a job in Charleston because of decisions that I made in 2005 that took me through 2008 and the economic hiccup that we had in 2008 that took me through COVID in 2020. You know, the decisions that you make today are preparation for whatever may come tomorrow. And um, and so many people don't realize you will get older. And we see the track record of people who get older on jobs. <laughs> they get let go. <laughs> and so it's yeah. like you're working towards something that is – look at the track record. You know, the track record is the older folks are the ones that after after a period of time. Now, when you first start getting older, like, oh, yeah, they're a gray beard. They are the continuity. They are the da-da-da. They are the history on the job. And then there comes a time in everyone's life, if you look at the history of people who get old, that you are let go. If you voluntarily leave, you can leave. Uh, but if you don't voluntarily leave, you will be let go. That's just how life is. Prior to that, do something. Invest in something. Spend your time in something. Prepare for an eventuality that is going to happen regardless. We did that in 2005, Ron. And so when it came time to move to Charleston from Colorado in 2023, we're not down here looking for a job because of residual income, because of bonuses that continue to come, because of the seven-day vacation stay. Just by being a member, we get seven days that's part of the membership, over 3,000 locations around the world. We want to make sure that our members in Surge 365 take their vacation. And so when you've been a member for 12 consecutive months, you have a seven-day vacation stay. Ron, you got about four or five of them. <laughs> we do. Yeah, I have the certificate for one of them. And right now, the real problem is we don't know when we can fit it in. <laughs> wow, what a problem <laughs> to have. When we can fit it in a Hello, Rick and Ron. Uh, yes. yes. Do you know who Anthony Benedetto is? Anthony Benedetto, who's that? Okay, his his stage name is Tony Bennett. Oh. I watched a special on Tony Bennett that was so inspirational, but one nugget I pulled out of there while you were talking about age, Rick, and I know – was one of his philosophies, and his one of his philosophy was age was just a number. If you are creative, you get busier as you get older. Ooh, that's Back good. To Rick, Ron. That's good. That's Jim. That's what I'm doing. I've actually I didn't come down to Charleston to work, but my friend said, "Hey, we need you to help us uh, veterans. We're we're purchasing veteran uh, properties." And we're going to tackle the problem of veteran homelessness and uh, and 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 uh, workforce development, skills development. 
and Rick, we want you to help us. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but Ron, no. it's the same things we're doing in Hope. And I went, wow. Like attracts like. Back to you, Ron. Well, we're just so pleasant. Our time is running out today. I'd like to encourage and invite others to come on the show, uh, particularly Friday. We're going to have a couple hometown heroes, Captain Len Kane, the original Top Gun, five-time nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize. We've got a gentleman who was an officer at the Battle of the Bulge. He's 100 years old, and I think his name, well, I can't remember his first name, but he actually was one of the guys that helped us um, win the war and win the Battle of the Bulge. And he also was part of the guys that saved. There was a Nazi train filled with kids and people that they were taken away. And if they lost that battle, these people would have been lost. Instead, Peter Hadley will be on the show, and you can talk to him. He survived, ended up coming to Tonawanda, Buffalo, New York, was adopted by people here, became a teacher, and two of the people that were helped him escape and come back and get onto the uh, train, the, the, the freedom train to come to, to the United States after World War II and the Battle of the Bulge, two of the teachers he taught with were at that very battle. It's just an incredible story, and you can meet him on Friday on the show. So I want to extend that invitation to everybody listening. And so I hope you have a blessed day today. I hope that you'll make it a blessed day for somebody else, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for joining us today. Have a blessed day, folks. Rick, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Bless we'll see you. Thank you. Bye now.